0: Welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture. Michael Sidwick still enjoying a well-earned break uh, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite but also NXT, Raw, SmackDown pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with. The Money quiz, of course, on wrestle As I said, joined by Hamplers to look ahead to dynamite tonight and a stacked card for the first night proper that they are unopposed on a Wednesday night. Hamphler.
1: yeah, I knew it would resonate the most. The change in your introduction, um, when you removed Wednesday night war, I knew it would be on this one when it would feel the most because obviously, as the losers of the war, AEW now have to like rethink <laughs> and reevaluate. And- <laughs> We're all being silly, we're all having fun. Um, yeah, AEW gets its own slot here on a Wednesday night for the very first time. Imagine back in 2019 if a wrestling company had launched and a more cynical, ginormous, monopoly-grabbing wrestling company didn't try to undermine that launch <laughs> by strangling it. Um, well, here we are in the uh, in yet another new normal in a year full of new normals i imagine we have aw on a on a wednesday it's nicer to preview this on a wednesday without thinking of another show to get through too mm. um as it was I, should, I you know all things being fair as it was sometimes when you were particularly hyped for an nxt as well uh the card is stacked dynamite is always stacked but this one feels a different kind of stacked there is a there's a couple of things on here um that would be big any week but are so much bigger in the context of AEW now it's going unopposed. Uh, kind of tests to see uh, what's going to work, what's not going to work. We get those gorgeous quarter-hour graphics um, from Mookie, who of course works there now, gives us all the stats. It's going to be fascinating when we get the Alvarez number for NXT later, just as it's going to be when we get the Alvarez number for AW tomorrow. All this sort of stuff has an opportunity to resonate in a completely different way before. Dare I say it, for fans that might be tuning into Dynamite for the first time, with no other wrestling distraction of a Wednesday. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of those NXT, I know I'm throwing stones from my glass house here, maybe some of those NXT crusty olds might find time for Dynamite tonight instead. Mm,
0: very interesting. We'll get into the uh, predictions of, of ratings uh, in due course, but let's start with uh, some of the headline matches, uh, two of which are championship matches. Uh Let's begin with the boys who uh, were so bloody conflicted, uh, the young bucks. <laughs> you and I were not a fan of what happened in the main event last week, without question. Nevertheless, you put the young bucks pack and Phoenix in a ring for the tag titles, and you've got oh, what an incredible match to look forward to.
1: Yeah, the one thing I'm not conflicted about is my feelings on how much this match is going to absolutely bang. Yeah. Um, Phoenix and Pack have been really smartly baby faced in the last few months, and I say smartly because, especially with Phoenix there is no way to receive that man as anything other than a babyface when he does the things he does. It was getting harder and harder and harder to see those, like, see his pace and see his flips and see the way that he incorporated it so artfully into his matches and booing. So they fixed that by separating Kingston out from the death triangle. Um, And now we have these two packs ingratiating himself quite well as a bastard babyface rather than just going back to the old days of Neville. And the Young Bucks, brilliantly, after last week's conflict and turmoil seem to have embraced something altogether different. There were leaked shots from AEW's first ever house show last week that showed Matt and Nick Jackson looking more like Del Boy and Rodney Trotter coming out in leather jackets and flat caps. Just total chancer arseholes either side of Kenny Omega that also spoke to this fantastic picture that did the rounds after Dynamite that is on my Twitter account, but it's now since been buried by WrestleMania takes of them kissing Kenny Omega on the cheek as he stands on his knees, arms wide out. It was something they often did with Adam Cole. It's lots of bullet club sort of visuals playing out there. And it was just committed. It was just fun. It was everything we didn't get by the time Dynamite went off the air last week. So what that kind of like, that's a long way of me going around Now We're going to get the books that we were thirsting for last week. Committed heel pricks. People that have bought into Kenny Omega's cause. People that are going to infuriate pac by pointing at their genitals and by saying how great they are in a way that we can hear, man, I'm so good after they hit like one of the high spots or something (laughs) like that. We're going to see them rattled and scared by the fact that Ray Phoenix is better than both of them. Hmm. And then ultimately, frustratingly, we're going to see them retain. And that's going to be the magic of this whole thing. It's probably going to be with the help of the Good Brothers or indeed Omega himself. Um, And that's going to be frustrating because straight away, we're going to see the Young Bucks come into contact with a team that if they were being honest with themselves, they can't compete with. So we're going to see the merits of their new friendship bear fruits after only a week.
0: Yeah, I think, I think the young are going to get their arses handed, handed to them. Tonight yeah. Because they, in in you know, general sports-based product terms, they've not exactly been concentrating on their opposition. Like they, We knew this no. was going to happen for, for weeks, if not months. And all they've been bothered with is John Moxley and Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers and uh, Don Callis and what happens now and all that. Pack and Phoenix, all they've been concentrating on is uh, how do we beat the Young Books? So I think there's going to be, you know, lots of of genuinely uh, baiting near falls where you think, oh my god, the tag titles might change terms. Like you say, I've, for the bigger story, um, I, and I, unless you're going to hot potato in, I don't see AEW doing that. Then Young Bucks kind of have to retain the titles. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be everything we'd hoped for with with heel Young Bucks. Um, but them and them having to cut every corner because they have to because Pac and Phoenix uh, on a level playing field win the tag titles, if not.
1: It's a stunning booking in that regard because the Young Bucks, that was a, a massive plot hole with Don Callis's, oh, you guys have lost it. It's like, well, why are they holding the belts then? Yeah. You know, like if, if they've really lost it, have things ever really been better for the Young Bucks? But them getting sucked back into that orbit via their friendship with Kenny Omega, it's sort of perfect now because you can have matches Imply to the Young Bucks that they've lost it, as you say. There's not been the acknowledgement of Pack and Ray Phoenix is probably a failing of the storytelling, but it's something they can weave brilliantly into this match. Mm. Pack and Phoenix, nothing but focus. The Young Bucks, anything but. Um, yeah, can become can form part of the uh, the match itself. Uh, the Young Bucks as like arsehole cheats. I want Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross by the end of this Young Bucks ring to be like the New Japan commentator screaming for them to go home. <laughs> yeah to no longer want to be a please go home they were that insufferable um let's get those young bucks back as quick as possible and my hopes are high based on the uh, the images that went out and the sheer quality of this match as well yeah i gotta agree with that one
0: uh let's talk about the other championship match darby Allen versus matt Hardy uh obviously terrible week for for matt Hardy the loss of his father our thoughts go out to him and his uh, brother jeff but what do you think this match is gonna play out like because its Two very different styles and two very different ages clashing in this match, and intriguing to see how they work this one through.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. And um, I think, am I right in thinking that this AW is taped? Um, which means it probably, I think so. Anyway, but I'm just thinking with Tyson being on the show, I wonder if this was a taped one. But either way, it, sense, there's yeah. a chance. There's a chance this went ahead obviously before Matt Hardy had the sad news. But nonetheless, there'll probably be an air of that tonight, maybe overdubbed in commentary I, was, I don't know they might address it and it'll be quite probably you know emotional even for the Hardy family to watch back even if Matt didn't know as he was working it um it will hang in some regard over this anyway um yeah I, being obviously brutally truthful I don't know how this match is gonna go um Matt Hardy tries very hard but it doesn't get around some indifferent matches it doesn't get around some indifferent contests Darby Allen. I'm, I always feel like I'm the low guy in Darby Allen, but I think his form hasn't yet reached that of a, a Cody with this belt. Um, he's not yet, he's getting closer to it, but he's not yet the guarantee of a banger with that belt. Mm. Um, that said, I thought last week he was incredible um, against a bigger opponent. Darby Allen was in his element. And what I think the trick to this will be will be to using not just matt Hardy's minor size advantage but also using the experience as if it was a size advantage matt Hardy's got obviously his you know gang of new assholes hanging around with him so darby allen's going to be outnumbered until the dark order inevitably come and you know level up for him so then it just becomes about darby allen overcoming matt Hardy's guile and his ability to find ways to cheat and all that sort of stuff i think it's i think it's okay to only have measured expectations for this one and then if you do there's a chance it overdelivers um, the last thing I want is to see either of them taking unnecessary risks. Yeah. Um, AW just t- don't care about tempting fate when it comes to Matt Hardy specifically, weirdly of all people, um, considering that he is North in age compared to a lot of the wrestlers. yeah. Um, they don't seem to mind tempting fate and putting him back in situations where he could get himself very, very hurt. I'm going to assume that he doesn't. Um, But yeah, I think if you go in with measured expectations, you'll probably be happy. If you think that Darby Allen can pull some magic out, I don't know. I just don't know if Matt Hardy's got it in him. Really, the Hangman Page match was the one for me at the pay-per-view. When that was good, not amazing, I think it was time to call time on our expectations that Hardy can have one of those as singles again. Mm. Do you think this could be the night that
0: Lance Archer puts his hands on Sting? And maybe we obviously won't see it. I sense it'll be murdered sting backstage but particularly with their running last week and the knowledge that darby allen who is you know they sort of protect each other is going to be have his hands full with all this and the dark order will probably be out there so they can you know defend him from from the hardy what are they called the hardy family jewels uh, yes
1: yeah, something like that isn't it i was oh, yeah. gonna say hardy factory but that's the nightmare factory isn't it
0: yeah um so maybe, I don't know, what do you reckon? Do you reckon that's where Lance Archer, because he was told by Sting, you know, you need to make an impact and it's no bigger impact than kicking the crap out of a six-year-old.
1: Yeah, possibly. I mean, the risk of doing it that way is that the whole scene becomes a little bit too busy, but then maybe that's just a bit of smoke and mirrors that protects Matt Hardy in the match or protects the, preserves the quality of the of the finish. Um, I like the angle. I like the idea that um, Darby Allen wasn't there to protect Sting because I loved Sting's words to Lance Archer last week. Mm. I love that kind of, that idea of, I agree. It should be you. Um, they don't want to focus too much on Archer's other complaints because a lot of them were kind of they were root and branch issues with AEW, really, weren't they? Rather than just with with Darby yeah. Allen. So the trick now is to focus Archer's rage on Darby Allen rather than on you know the the system within which he works. And I think the best way to do that is probably to to kind of make Sting eat those words um, and make Darby Allen suffer. Like that whether or not that's done as a distraction for the match, I don't know, or just something that. While Derby is away, Lance Archer gets to play. Maybe it's just something we see backstage after the fact. So we knew that Derby Allen couldn't be anywhere near. Um, or perhaps better than backstage, early in the match, you shoot Sting up in the rafters or up in the seats somewhere in Daly's place, looking on. And then the camera cuts to it. Uh, he, the camera hears a noise, and Archer is just chucking Sting around the chairs, <laughs> throwing him, throwing him down the seats of Daly's place, and that's what kind of drags Derby briefly away from the match to try and make it to save.
0: Yeah, yeah, give you decent niffl, but uh,
1: Darby Allen retains, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: Hardy Family Office—that's what it was called, not the Hardy family.
1: Hardy Family Office. That's it.
0: Um, Jericho versus Harwood tonight, with just all the bells and whistles to make you even more excited for that match. Uh, Mike Tyson is the ringside enforcer, having settled his differences with Chris Jericho last week, and come to his aid when the pinnacle with. We- murdering him. Um, The inner circle (laughs) will barred from ringside for this one, although Cash Wheeler and Sammy Guevara will be ringside. So Cash Wheeler probably going to be taking a right hand from uh, Mike Tyson. I would
1: think so. Um, The way Tyson was swinging last week, I think everybody's got a taste for a little bit more of that. Um, It comes with the same disclaimer it did last week. Um, AW have glorified, enjoyed glorifying Mike Tyson. Um, And yes, they were against the takeover last week, but I don't think it got them the benefit, didn't mm. get them the shack, didn't get them a, a shack bump particularly. Um, All it got them was criticism from people for using a convicted rapist again. Um, So here's the thing with the inner circle and the pinnacle. I've been a pretty vocal critic, as has Sidric, to be fair, and as has all of us on this podcast, of AW kind of like losing focus with certain storylines and not getting round to the payoffs and getting round to the bills. And yet here we have one. And a lot of this inner circle pinnacle stuff feels like it's going a bit too quick for me. Maybe I'm just too old, and maybe I'm just too old. I need to keep up. Um, It's happening right now. We've had we've had massive gang brawls already. We're splitting off into singles matches now. We've got Mike Tyson as a major hook for you to come and watch. Um, This is great because this is what stables are for. You're supposed to have quite unique and ostentatious singles matches between the key members where you keep you know, the captains separated or you keep the like for like guys separated. And this is a perfect example of that. Like absolutely perfect. Jericho is likely to beat a guy that is known more for being a tag wrestler. And if the tag wrestler wins, well, the pinnacle have just taken out the captain on night one. So that's a hell of a statement from the pin. You know what I mean? It's great booking in terms of you can justify a win for either guy. Um, but it just feels like it's happening all of a sudden. I guess they've got blood and guts to race to in May. So you might as well rattle off a singles match a week until that until the big, the gangs come together. Mm. You might as well do one of these a week now. Um, Jericho looked in the mood last week on Dynamite in that promo. He looked really in the mood to be a working baby face. Uh, I can't wait tonight. Is this going to be the first time? I'm trying to think of another time. Maybe in the... MJF singles match this feels like the first time ever in AEW Chris Jericho will get to be a wrestling babyface. he was the more face of the two against MJF but tonight we're going to get the whole come on baby and he's going to be bringing all that sort of stuff back like this feels quite a fresh presentation for Chris Jericho tonight it's going to be the first time that he gets to come out as a wrestler and all the fans get to sing Judas always less interested in watching the wrestlers do it I think it makes them look like weird fans Mm -hmm. um I think it's slightly reductive, but the wrestlers singing it and the hair, the wind blowing through his hair in Jacksonville, and he gets to be a face for it. This, mm. like, I'm quite excited for that. Like, this kind of this new tweak. And he's a guy that always spots that and always evolves with it. And he's going to tweak elements of his presentation to go along with it. He's going to be cocky and he's going to piss them off. And it's I, like, I think this could be a lot of fun. It has got bells and whistles, as you say, for more than just Tyson. You've got the fact that you've got the stables locked away. And how that could play into things like it didn't stop the inner circle getting out last time, did it? It's quite <laughs> nice to think of them locked in a locker room when we know that they can bash through doors to try and help. Um, so I imagine that will factor into a big brawl at the end. I'm going to go with Jericho to win just because yeah. of Tyson's presence.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think you want that shot and, and uh, the repeat of last week with Jericho's hand being held in the air. Although... It'd be intriguing to see, you know, just because you're barred from ringside, the moment that bell rings to finish the match, you're now not. And uh, I sense you're maybe going to have a moment with Guevara, Jericho, and Tyson, sort of in the ring, surrounded by the pinnacle, in a circle. Comes down another mass brawl, perhaps post match. But yeah, I agree. I think Jericho
1: has to win this. I don't know if this is just me being too boring for AEW's product, but I would like a bit more heat on the pinnacle, mm. like they got. They got about a week to toast how awesome that beatdown was for MJF to cut that promo, and then all of a sudden, the inner circle are hiding in toilets and battering them. Um, it's not been—you you can't steamroll everybody, but I would like them to steamroll somebody before <laughs> blood and I, would, I want the pinnacle to feel like feel a bit of a danger. I think their element of danger has been reduced a little bit since that yep. first second week. Um, I'd like that to come back somehow on this show
0: Right, let's look into some of the other matches and uh, fallout from last week to look forward to on tonight's Dynamite. Let's talk about Moxley. Uh, how will he respond to to what happened? Not just with the the books and uh, but also with with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Do you see a, a response from him tonight? Because I'll be honest, I'd be happy just him stood in a hallway with a bin on fire chatting. But
1: uh, I don't know <laughs> more. Um, now, video promo works for me this week. Got to be honest, um, I. <laughs> John Moxley just makes me feel things, but perhaps never more than last week when he was livid with the Young Bucks, farting <laughs> around. And that, like, like I just couldn't have identified with him more. Uh, for all that booking, we were critical of it. What it didn't do was bury John Moxley. He was as sick of that sh- as anybody else's. Um, and Eddie Kingston, again, physically was made to suffer the consequences of coming out to try and save his mate. Um, I'm very much on board with um, the two best men having a chat. Backstage to a camera, and if not Kenny Omega, the underlying challenge being laid out to the Young Books. Ideally, you want to do this after packing. <laughs> I can't work out what's going to open. On one hand, the Young Bucks versus Pack of Phoenix is sort of a perfect main event, but on the other, is it not an even more perfect opener? It's really hard to gauge this week. Interesting, but at some point,
0: to like put something on to make sure people tune in and stay in, rather than flicking to the channel. But they also want to attract viewers if they've just gone. Oh, I'll give AEW a chance, and
1: yeah, yeah. My, my, see, my the other option is yeah, you go big and you go Jericho, Jericho Tyson the whole deal as the opener, the way that they did the Shaq and Cody that week. Um, Actually, yeah, the more I say that, I think they're going to do that and they'll probably close with the Young Bucks versus Pack and Phoenix. So this week, Moxley and Kingston can't out-and-out lay out the challenge to the Young Bucks, but they can make it very clear that they're going to kick the absolute th- out of them as soon as they get the chance. And for me at this point, to try and... And I think this has been a problem with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks' story and indeed Kenny Omega's title reign, not enough tight focus on the obvious challenges going forward. I, the stupid wrestling fan, would like a bit more... Clarity on who the opponents for the big champions are. Kenny Omega's got this deal with Rich Swan coming up, where you would fancy him to become the Impact World Heavyweight Champion. And then they need to bring that in, fold that into AEW, and work out who Kenny Omega's next singles rival is going to be. For me, it's Moxley and Kingston versus the Young Bucks at the next pay for the belts. That yeah. seems ideal, absolutely ideally placed. Huge babyface triumph for your favorite babyfaces against these cocky little dicks that have tried to put Eddie Kingston on the shelf and have tried to undermine John Moxley. Um, so they might have words for Kenny, but I feel like this is the this is the slow stroll to the Young Bucks match.
0: Yes, I completely agree with you on that one. Uh, let's talk about a match I cannot wait for tonight. You referenced the Shaq match a me- few minutes ago. Tonight we get the singles match, Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill is, in the words of Adam Nicholas, going to chuck her around like an empty tracksuit, isn't she?
1: Oh, yeah, but it's going to be so awesome because it's not going to be easy. Um, Jade Cargill is, think, is thinking it's going to be easy it's not going to be easy Red Velvet has impressed me so much in the, like, in the short burst that she's been given basically to be a, a top babyface she's kind of quietly become my favourite babyface in the AW Women's Division above even Hikara Shida there are instincts in her work that you really do have to credit the you know, the work of Justin Rhodes and Kenny Omega and the other people that we're hearing named for yeah. the, the training within AW's women's division um, that just look light years beyond her experience level, light years beyond her age. And she probably will lose tonight. It would be um, maybe a little daft to derail Jade Cargill's unbeaten run, um her total dominance. Neither of these need right now to be near the AW title. And I think if Red Velvet was to win, that kind of stakes a claim for Hikaru Shida above all else, doesn't it? Mm. And it kind of complicates what Shida's probably got going on with Ty Conti. Similarly, if Karga was to win and then call out Hikaru Shida, she then has to win the belt. And I think that further complicates things with the likes of Britt Baker and Conti and other people in that mix, Thunder Rosa as well. Um, this should be about them. This should be about this feud. This should be about this almost really should present the Shaq match as the curtain raiser for this. Yeah, That would be the best thing they could do. Be like, you know, a big tag match that you're all mad into. That was the build for this. This is the real singles feud. This is the real rivalry. Like, I want to see Red Velvet put up a hell of a fight before, yeah. as you say, the empty tracksuit throwdown occurs. <laughs> like, Jade Cargill is going to win and is going to do something really brutal and cruel to her. Like, that if she flings her off with another one of them awesome Germans that she's been firing off. Whoa. Like, I'm going to be all for it. But uh, Red Velvet's going to make her work for this win. I, c- I can't wait for this. I I like Like, I've... Like, I've it's a nervousness because they're both quite young and inexperienced and it could go wrong, but I really hope it doesn't because I love them both and I love the trajectory and I love what these two at this point represent about the baby steps this division is making.
0: Yeah, certainly I feel a lot more confident with this than I did going into like the Shaq match with the the sort of unknowns that we had, like you say, when these two got together... It just it works so well, and uh, intrigued to see how much time they get, and like you say, what they do with that. Because I sense there's going to be maybe one hope spot where with a near four for Red Velvet before the inevitable happens with Jade Cargill. Because just bloody look at her. But yeah, I like the nuance to that story. Um, also tonight we have the in ring debut of Anthony Agogo, uh, who I think has has been really really good. Over the last few weeks, with the, all the fallout from the breakup of the, well, formerly the Nightmare Factory, now I assume just called the Factory, this new Q T Marshall stable uh, featuring Nick Comerato, um, uh, it's it's just. I thought the A Go Go's promo was really good. I thought him laying out Cody a few weeks ago was, was spectacular, um, but again, this is more of an unknown uh, with 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 A Go Go you know, former Olympian boxer for for GB, of course, br- bronze medalist at the Olympics, uh, in fact. Interesting to see how that transitions into, into in-ring work because you sense that they would not have rushed this. So they must have seen some stuff that they, uh, they're very excited to showcase.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for this. Um, we're working, like I hope we're right about this, but working on the assumption that it is taped. Um, it's a huge opportunity, but it's a relatively protected one. Because yeah. having it having it in the can rather than going live allows them to clean it up. Or indeed, if it was bad, not use it, they are using it, they're promoting it. Um AW squashes are fantastic. They go to the trouble of um and I can't pretend I sit and watch them all, but they go to the trouble of having all these matches on dark and dark elevation to pad the uh, win loss rankings of the winners and give the losers a bit of experience examining the daily's place lights mm. and Every now and then, one of them losers transfers over. I don't mean losers in the pejorative sense. Every now and then, one of the losers of one of those matches translates over to Dynamite and makes the winner look great. They have such a really like impressive record of choosing the right guy for the right squash. Um, and I have no doubt that they'll get it bang right for Anthony Ogogo tonight. Um, everything he's done has impressed so we are left. Obviously, he's been in training for a lot of the time. So it'd be unfair to say, oh, he's just. How has he done this? Well, it's because he's been putting the work in. <laughs> it's not a, you know, it's not, it's not magic overnight stuff. And yet, when he's been permitted to showcase it in the form of the awesome stinging jab he dropped on Cody, and the promo he cut in uh, Keith Marshall's introduction of the factory last week, has given us the belief that he'll be able to handle himself in a short squash as well. I'd love them to. Um, you yeah, know, you've got to lean on the boxing stuff. You have to. Um, there's no need to over gimmick it. You don't have to put him in baggy shorts or have him come out with like, you know, sort of a full boxing entrance. He doesn't have to wear like Everlast boots or anything like that. He can dress like a wrestler, mm. but you've got to utilize his background. He's got to have a fist that wrestlers should be afraid of. You know, he's got to have a finisher called something like the Agogo KO or something like that, yeah. where if you take you take a punch from him, you're going down. don't well, go, um, go to uh, sleep. <laughs> um it's it's gotta hurt. It's gotta hurt when Anthony Goga punches you. It, like to sort of simplify the psychology, it's got to hurt and potentially kill when it when he punches you. So you've got to go down off that. Um I look forward to seeing how they build that into a, a squash match. I got a feeling this is gonna go great. I think we're gonna be saying like we're gonna be full of praise for this tomorrow. I just taped especially, I, I just don't think they would they would even risk yeah. blowing this. No, exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited. And,
0: and i excited to see where they go with the, the, the whole factory gimmick as well. Like, mm-hmm. U.T. Marshall, as I said, Nick, I forgot to mention Aaron Solo, of course, and all that. Uh, I think those four, though, together, are just... Is that guy,
1: really- is, is he that wrestler's ex-boyfriend? I don't know that one.
0: <laughs> oh my but, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, uh, wait and see what they do next with these, but, you know... Well, we see a response from Cody even tonight. Who knows uh, what we will see? Guaranteed is the in-ring return of one Chris Statlander. Now I've openly admitted I'm not exactly a biggest fan of her alien gimmick. I think it maybe pairs a little bit better now she's with the best friends. And I've never questioned how how good she is in the ring because that that is without question and uh, great to see back it great to see her back in there after all this time off with injury.
1: Yeah. Um... This is one of the few times I'm going to be kind to the dreaded AW quarter hour women's spot because, well, for one thing, there's a better built woman's match elsewhere on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because this is sort of all, an all right reintroduction of Chris Statlander. Um, the spot in the Arcade Anarchy match was fantastic. And. <laughs> um, returning amongst the other aliens and the UFO grabber was superb. The pairing with the best friends, like, worked instantly. That yeah. hug in the ring, you were like, this is perfect. Why did nobody think of this sooner? That's amazing. Um, so I would expect her to win comfortably. And if anything, it to be an excuse to trot the gang out there, you know? Yeah. Um, they they set their stall out. Didn't they want a shot at Pack and Phoenix, if Pack and Phoenix win the titles? Yeah. So it almost behooves them to appear before that tag match to sort of remind you of that, doesn't it? Like, oh, the commentators can just say, oh, yeah, and here's uh, Chris Atlander. She's looking forward to getting back into action and rising up the rankings. It's her first match back. She's accompanied by the best friends. And if you remember last week, they're hoping that they're going to get the next shot of the tag titles. It's all like there's good, generic pro wrestling synergy to a yeah. match like this where you can you can be quite economical with your TV time. Um, weirdly, what this match made me think of, because Chris Atlander will beat Amber Nova, she'll beat her well, and it'll be nice to see. And I think... Already, because of her association with the best friends, her characters feels better drawn than it did the first time around. She's yep. not just an alien that says, boop. She's an alien that says, boop, who's got three friends. <laughs> what I say, boop, with her? It, like, it's just a bit of context. Um, this, again, kind of made me think about the people that aren't on this card, because the best friends made me think of um, Miro and Kip Sabian. Yeah. But it's a woman's match. Made me think of Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. And I just want some big wins or in the case of Miro, a huge important defeat, to be focused upon a little bit. I only want segments, they're not things that we can preview, they're not things that we've been told about, but let's get back to some of the cool cool stuff that has happened on these shows. Some of these Dynamites, I don't think have been that amazing, but there's been some pretty awesome stuff that's happened on them all the same. Let's make sure that they're referenced tonight. Um, You can do it around a Chris Statlander in Ring Return, but, I don't know, just pull a bit of focus onto some of the characters that you appear to be pulling a lot of focus towards. Let's have a little bit more of them tonight.
0: Yeah, you're in danger of having the more casual fans forget about the arcade-anarchy fallout, which has clearly been teased Mm. uh, and what have you, but there's no follow-up to that. And say it every week, more Ricky Starks on AEW Dynamite, please. always.
1: There was a... um... It was a spreadsheet, I think, that somebody had very kindly compiled. I wish I'd write these things down so I can remember who to give credit for on Twitter, but it's out there in the Twitter sphere. Um, where somebody had counted how many wrestlers appeared on Dynamite. I think it was last week's episode, and it was in the 70s, and it was yeah, yeah for that. That's yes. So cool, right? On on a piece of paper, that's so cool. 70 odd wrestlers getting an opportunity to be get exposure on national television. It also might be something to do with why the ratings have declined a little bit lately. Yeah. That's a lot of people to focus on over two hours. And what it probably means is, is that well, everybody—it's—it's an old, you know, truism in wrestling. Um, If everybody can't get over, nobody gets over. Yeah. And it's almost as if that, like, nobody's getting quite enough focus, even when the stories are great. And some of the stories have been capital G great. Some of the builds and stuff lately has been fantastic. But when you've got so many guys and so many things to work through, none of it feels as important as it should. Mm. And maybe now that they're unopposed, that's a lesson they can learn with. I don't want to say the pressure off, just put a different kind of pressure going forward.
0: Hmm. Let's conclude by talking about the ratings then. Uh, We didn't even guess these for NXT yesterday because it feels so up in the air. I feel like we've got more of a base for something like AEW considering what they've done previously when NXT's moved nights or AEW's moved nights, in fact. Hmm. Uh, last week, as we mentioned, NXT did seven hundred sixty-eight thousand playing AW six hundred eighty-eight thousand, which means, unfortunately, despite you know dominating NXT for so long, AW conceded in the last minute and lost the Wednesday night wars. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the that's that's the numbers. Don't talk to me about all that demographics bollocks. Um, sorry. <laughs> Uh, it was a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, you the way you win a marathon is uh, winning at the end. And
1: uh, there we go. God damn it, man. God damn it. How many times are you going to do this on a. Are you just covering the whole feed to make sure? Did you listen to our NXT review? know you didn't. Well, I'm going to do this again to ram it down your throat on the AW preview. Maybe, maybe once more on tomorrow, later <laughs> we do. But first on the SmackDown preview, let's talk about how AW lost the Wednesday Night War, shall we? And how that's going to impact the blue brand.
0: There was some people I saw, because, uh, uh, by the way, if you're, if you're getting angry and going all caps long, uh, on, on Twitter, I'm just winding you up. I really don't care uh, about, <laughs> about this sort of thing. I want both shows to do well. Um, but I saw some people commenting on Alvarez's tweet about the raw rating about Miz and Mrs and how that compares to AEW Dynamite. I was like, that's a walk, that is. <laughs> what? what? How about just just enjoy what you like? And if you're like us, you're going to enjoy both. If you enjoy NXT, we reviewed it earlier on today. We we much prefer the way it is now because our sleep schedule is slightly different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Really, really fascinating to watch these numbers. A troubling um, statistic presented itself at the back end of last week that Raw and SmackDown were trending upwards while the Wednesday shows were Going in the opposite direction, mm. which bothers me because now unopposed, I don't want either show to think that they need to like rely on the burned girl or something in order just to get that. That I like hit that next landmark. I don't want them to get stupid or cover their shows in black goo. Sometimes feel there's some like falling down the capital wrestling center walls as it is. <laughs> um, I don't want dynamite to get stupid. I want AW dynamite to stay the way it is. I want it to stay the course, even when I've got criticisms and even when it's unfocused. I think fundamentally fantastic wrestling company at the heart of all this always doing its best always earnestly trying things even when some of the failures are noble they are very very noble um and i hope they're rewarded in kind sidric made a brilliant point a few weeks ago about how this million figure was sort of invented by AEW's critics as a stick to beat them with nobody within AEW said oh we want to pass a million that's considered success it just like this arbitrary number was just Plucked out of thin air. I think it was for the Shack Week. It's like, well, if they don't crack a million, they've failed. Well, like, says who? You know, says who? They might. I'm sh- look. They always want more viewers. I'm sure they'd have two million if they could. But it's odd that that became this figure, right? So, based on those particular pernickety assholes, wouldn't it be aced if they cracked a million this week, first week on a post? And it's like, right, done away with that then. What next? What's, what 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 other hurdle do you want us to jump over now? Um, so, I guess that'd be nice. It's got to be a rise. Yeah, questions will be asked if after a month, AW's figures haven't turned the corner. Not just from the recent like mini slump. I'm, I'm probably overstating that. A mini decline since revolution. Yeah, questions will, questions will be asked if they've gone a month unopposed and haven't arrested that. I feel like they'll arrest it tonight. I think they're going to grab a minimum of a hundred thousand more viewers tonight.
0: Yeah, I, I was just, we're in danger of becoming the uh, principal Skinner meme. When I look there and go, two million for, I realise it was post-Mania Raw, but two million for Raw. I was like, wait a second, are we out of touch? No, no, it's the old people who are on. Because <laughs> they can't yeah. watch Raw and go, well, that is my, uh, that is my first <laughs> satiated for the week, I think. Uh, I'll see you on Friday for SmackDown. Um, my prediction, just completely out of thin air, I think because, like you say, this isn't a case of going right. What
1: six hundred eighty-eight thousand plus seven hundred sixty-eight thousand? <laughs> Everyone who. What if it is though, man? What if it is? Can you even imagine? Can you imagine Alvarez dropping like uh, one point three million? Like I could, <laughs> the explosion's gonna, the explosion on Twitter's gonna be bigger than when there was a war. I uh, yeah, I
0: think, I think you're gonna get a decent swing though because like, we if they put it on a reasonable time in the UK. I'd watch it, like, I'd, you know, mm. if I was – but then this, I think they're going to – I'm just going to go very general and plus – it's my lucky number. So, 888,000. There we go. Nice. I, on top of what AEW did, did last week, what do you reckon?
1: I visualised a um, – for whatever reason, I visualised a tweet that just said 900,000. And after I willed Randy Orton's white trunks into existence yeah. – on a podcast, I'm gonna do the same here 900,000 for AEW in the first unopposed week, and that only climbs in the weeks to follow. Because if they can catch some NXT diehards with the live experience of a two because it is a breeze of a watch, man. I'll give it, I'll give that. They do put too much on there. We've done a whole podcast and we haven't even talked about Christian Cage, yeah. <laughs> like it's like they, they do put a lot, sometimes too much, but it is a breeze of a watch, yeah. Um, so if they can catch. Just the odd hundred thousand, hundred thousand plus tonight, unopposed. It's only going to climb. It might be a slow climb, but it's only going to climb.
0: Oh, look at look at the timing on this. Michael Sidwick is calling me. Hello, Sid. Yeah, we're just wrapping up the uh, the uh, AEW Dynamite preview. What's your uh, What's your thoughts on on uh, on the ratings for AEW? AEW in the mud. You love to see it. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your thoughts on the floor tonight? Just, just one more. Just one more. We're just poking the bear a little bit. Uh, let us know your thoughts, though, ahead of AW Dynamite tonight on Twitter, at WhatCulture, WWE. Don't grass us up to dad, at MCD. <laughs> uh, you can follow both of us, so You can follow Michael Hamflat at... That
1: bear's going to be enraging. Uh, at Michael Hamflat.
0: Follow me at Adam Wilborn. All of us all at What Culture W, as I said. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. The Daily Wrestling Podcast, our NXT review uh, is up right now, and our review of AW Dynamite will be there for you tomorrow, of course. But for now, this has been the AW Dynamite preview. My thanks to Michael Hamford. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.